Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Amen. Amen. Can we give our worship team just a little thanks for leading us well today? Hey, Mila, great job. I think God forgot to give me that voice to sing. Well, hey, my name's Bobby. We're so, so honored that you're here with us today. Welcome to City Hope Church. Uh, We work really hard to make this church feel like your church, and so we want you to feel at home. Uh, If you are new with us today, stop by the Connect table back there. We got a free gift. They don't always tell me what the gift is, okay? So I I heard it's Thanksgiving leftovers, okay? So that's just what they told me. How many of you love leftovers? Anybody like, that's my jam, love leftovers? How many of you are like, nope, one and done? Uh, That's me? Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you. That's me too. I'm not a big leftovers guy. Uh, But listen, I hope that this season of of Thanksgiving has been fun for you and your family. It's always a great time uh, to have family together. My wife is from Canada, so her parents drove in from Canada uh, to see us. And then the caveat is they're going on a cruise, so they just need a place to stay tonight. Like, Like they didn't really come to see us. Uh, no, but we had such a great week in uh, being able to spend some time with them, and I, I hope that I hope that that was uh, uh, for you as well. One of my greatest joys. We have three daughters, and one of my greatest joys in my life is being a dad. I love, love, love being a dad and all that we get to do. Our oldest daughter is Emma, and when Emma was a little girl, uh, we went to this party, and she ate something, and her her face started to swell up. Y'all remember the movie Hitch? Uh, where he got that allergic reaction. Emma started to doing that. So as all new parents, we totally freaked out and went to the hospital, did all this stuff. Come to find out, Emma was allergic to tree nuts. And so for the last, gosh, 13 years of our lives, we always get this question. Dad, can I have that? (laughs) Dad, can I eat that? And now, um, y'all don't tell her this, but sometimes if somebody gives us something that's really good, I'm like, Emma, this has nuts in it. You can't, you can't have it. You, you don't eat this. <laughs> she doesn't know I do that, but uh, uh, I'm a good dad, right? So, but, but nowadays, think about it. Nowadays, everything you eat, right? There's a full disclaimer on the package, right? This is what's in here. Tells you all the ingredients and may have this, may contain this. And so we're always getting this question of, of what's inside. We want to know what it is. Well, well, today with this message, I believe that God's put on my heart. I just want to give you a full disclaimer. I want to give you all the ingredients. I want you to know what today is all about, okay? I believe that God wants to stretch us. I believe with all of my heart that God wants to grow you and to push you and to encourage you in your walk with Christ. And, and I want to challenge you today. I believe this. We don't grow in comfort. Right. We don't we don't grow when, in, in comforting times. We grow when there's a challenge. So today, let me encourage you to take some notes, even if you're not a note taker. Jump out, get, get your phone out and, and write down a couple things, because I want you to I want you to understand this. I'm breaking every rule of preaching today. All the stuff that they teach you in, in school, like I'm breaking them all today. I got 12 points. OK, so don't get mad. All right. Some of you students are like, oh, my gosh, we're going to be here till three o'clock. Listen, it's going to go quick, but here's, here's why I did this, and this is what I believe the Lord has. With 12 points, somebody's going to get something, right? Out of 12 different points, you're going to hear something from the Lord. And so I, I don't want you to miss this. I believe that God has something to say for each of us today. And so I want to talk to you today about, uh, from the subject of this, the truth about following Jesus. The truth 
about following Jesus. Full disclaimer, what does it mean? I believe probably uh, the majority of us in this room, the majority of people in churches today would would consider themselves a a Christ follower. And and so today, and I say this a lot, the world needs more Christians, but the the world also needs better Christians, right? We need to grow, we need to expand, and we need to, uh, you know, allow God to challenge us. But I want to give you the truth today. The, the truth in our world is, is under attack, right? Our world says, man, if you, want, if you want two plus two to equal blue, that's fine. Go ahead. That's, that's your truth, right? But, but truth of God's word, uh, let, let me give you the Greek word for truth is aletheia. Aletheia. And what that simply means is this. Nothing hidden. Nothing hidden or unhide. It, it conveys the thought that, that truth is always there. It's always open. It's always available for all to see. Nothing is being hidden, right? And so, so today, as we dig into God's word, there's nothing hidden. This is the truth about following Jesus. What does this really look like? And it doesn't matter if you're like, you've been in church your whole life. This is the first time. You're, you're a student. You're a grandparent. It doesn't matter where you fit on the spectrum. This is God's truth. And so I want to spend just a few minutes looking for a, a, a wonderful, wonderful story. So if you have your Bible, go to John chapter number 21. John chapter number 21. And let me just encourage you again today, out of these 12 points, out of these 12 things that we're going to talk about, say, God, would you speak to me about one of those things? Just give me one. Give me one thing today, God, that you want for me to hear. I I pray as we go through this, that would be uh, your outlook, your prayer to the Lord. So we're going to talk about a guy named Peter. Peter was a guy whose life had many ups and downs. He had seasons in his life. Sometimes Peter would open his mouth and the dumbest things would come out, right? Peter's not, not considered one of the smartest disciples, but he was chosen by Jesus to follow Jesus, right? And, and so Jesus uh, uh, um, chose Peter and then After uh, telling Jesus, so Jesus came to the earth, he lived, he chose Peter to walk with him. Peter was one of his guys. And then uh, Peter told Jesus, man, I'll be with you forever. Like, I'm your guy. I got your back always. Right. And then if you know the story, Peter denied Jesus. So so he he told Jesus, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Uh, And then he watched. He watched as Jesus was being led away to be crucified. And he was, he was close enough that he could see Jesus, but he wasn't close enough that he could be seen with Jesus. Does that make sense? Like he, he, he wanted everybody to know that he was with Jesus, but he wasn't quite all in. So John chapter 21, and just a little context. So, so in 18, 19, 20, uh, uh, Peter has now denied Jesus Right. He denied following Jesus. They were like, hey, I, I remember you. you. You were that guy who followed Jesus. And he's like, no, 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 no. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. He did that three different times. Jesus has now been crucified. When we get to John 21, he's risen again and he's appeared to his disciples two separate times. OK, so that's where we pick up John chapter number 21. And I'm not going to have you stand today because we got a lot to go through. And I want to try my best to get through this. Just so you know, we got out early in the first service. All right. So uh, <clears throat> we'll see how well we can do that 
that today. All right, so look with me in John chapter 21. Look at these first three verses. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. All right, so remember, Jesus has died. This is his third appearance to the disciples since he was crucified, risen again. This is his third appearance. Simon Peter, Thomas, called twin, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two other of his disciples were together. Verse three, I'm going fishing. Simon Peter said to them, well, we're coming with you, they told him. They went out, got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Number one, the truth about following Jesus is failure is a part of the process. Failure is a part of the process. We haven't heard from Peter in, quite a, in a little bit of time here. But I want you just to imagine what was going through Peter's heart, what was going through Peter's mind, the emotions that he had, right? He told Jesus, Jesus, I got your back. Wherever you go, I'll go. But then three separate times he had an opportunity to put his neck on the line, literally, to, to be like, I'm a follower of Christ. And he said, no, I'm not. No, I don't know him. No, that was somebody else. That wasn't me. So imagine just the, the discouragement that was going on in Peter's heart. He's like, man, I, I failed again. I'm a failure. I feel guilty. I feel, I, I feel like it's all my fault. I should have done better. How, how many of us can relate to Peter? Don't raise your hand. How many of us can relate that, that discouragement creeps into your life? And what happens is we allow discouragement as a distraction from what God wants us to do. We allow discouragement to come into our heart. Man, I'm not good enough. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said. You don't know where I've been. You don't know the things that these hands have done. And I want you to think about this today. It made Peter unsure of his relationship with Christ. The Jesus that he followed, that he watched heal people. It made it, this discouragement made him unsure of his relationship with God. What else did it do? It made him very self-focused, right? When I'm discouraged, what am I thinking about? Thinking about me. And, and, and when I'm thinking about me, it's really hard to think about me and to help other people. It gets my eyes off of others and I'm unable to help others. Failure and discouragement can quickly push you away from following Jesus. When we allow the guilt, when we allow the condemnation to come into our lives, that it can easily keep us from following Jesus. I love this quote, kind of a leadership quote. People who avoid failure also avoid success. Failure is a part of the process. When you and I are following Jesus, when we're striving to follow Jesus, I want you to think about this today, church. Jesus chose Peter knowing he was going to fail. Jesus chose you and I knowing that we're going to fail him, knowing that failure is a part of the process. Sin is a part of our process. And what do we do? We view failure as the end, right? Oh, I messed up. I can't do it anymore. Oh, I messed up. What? I'm just not good enough. I'm not cut out for this. It's just not me. But I believe this with all my heart. Jesus is calling us to follow him knowing that we're going to fail. Knowing that, and when we truly embrace that, that failure is a part of the process, failure is a way that we learn, failure is a way that we grow, then we can be a true follower of Christ. So number one, failure is a part of the process. Number two, when you move, others follow. When you move, others follow. Peter was discouraged. We haven't heard from him a long time, but he was with some of his friends. And look at verse three, he says, I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. And then look what immediately happens. Well, we're coming with you, they told him. When you move, others follow. Church, your choices, your decisions always affect more than just you 
right? The things that you decide, it's true in your family, it's true in your business, it's true in your school, on any team, your choices always affect more than just you. Negativity breeds negativity. Discouragement breeds discouragement. On and on and on. Peter was discouraged and he's like, you know what, I'm just, I'm out of here. I'm just going to go fishing. All right, well, we'll go with you. When you move, others follow. Number three, number three, when you return to your old ways, you always come up empty. When you return to your old ways, you always come up empty. Listen to this. So they went out, they got into the boat, And that night they caught nothing. These guys are professional fishermen. Think about in the Bible, all these stories, if you you know these stories, these dudes never catch any fish. How are they professional fishermen? I don't get it, right? Like, but they, they return to their old ways and look what happens. They came up empty. How many times in our lives do we return to the old bad habit? We, re, we return to an old way. We return to things that we used to do and constantly we come up empty. I think we do this, why? Because change is tough, right? Truly changing our bad habits, truly changing our sin, repenting and turning away. From, that's why so many people don't make changes. So we get frustrated, we get discouraged and we go back to our old ways of life. We go back to those old bad habits. We go back to those old uh, uh, substances. Well, I'll just, I'll just go back here. I'm frustrated. So I go back to my old life and I, I realize I can't find any enjoyment. And just like Peter and these guys, they go all night and they find nothing. And when we do that, when we return to our old ways, when we return to sin, here's what we're doing. We're trying to find peace in something smaller than Jesus. We're trying to find hope. We're trying to find life. We're trying to find some kind of enjoyment in something smaller than Jesus. So when we return to our old ways, we got to realize that nothing else is going to bring us satisfaction like Jesus. These professional fishermen, they went out to their old ways. They went back to what they've always done and and they came up empty. And I think... For those of you who, who maybe have, have tried this before, you, you follow the ways of the world and what happens, you, recur, you return and you come up empty. So here's Peter, he jumps on the boat, the guys are going with him, they go fishing, when they return to their old ways, they come up empty. Number four, miracles happen when Jesus gets involved. Miracles happen when Jesus gets involved. They fished all night, then verse four come. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore. He was on the beach, but the disciples didn't know it was Jesus. Many scholars say they were about 100 yards away, right? So they're out in the boat about 100 yards away. They see a guy standing there. They didn't know it was Jesus. And look what he says. Friends, Jesus called to them. You don't have any fish, do you? I I just know Jesus was being sarcastic right here, right? He's like, ha, y'all don't have any fish, do you? And you know, they're probably like, come on, man. Like, really? We've been out here all night. And that's what they didn't know it was Jesus, right? And then look what happens. Cast the net on the other side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did. They were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. See, these guys, they they were looking at their situation. We've been out here all night and our nets are empty. We've been doing what we've always done and we're coming up empty. And today, some of you, you may look at your situation and you're like, how is this going to work out? What am I supposed to do? How is this job? How is this finance? How is this marriage? How are this relationship with my kids? Lord, I'm trying so hard, but I don't see how this is going to work out. Miracles happen when Jesus gets involved. 
You look at your situation and you say, how? God looks at your situation. He says, hey, let me be involved in that. Let me get a part of your life. Let me be in it. Let me handle that. I'll show you how. Some of you are here this week and the reality is you're sitting out in your boat with empty nets. You're sitting out in your boat discouraged. You can't see what lies ahead. You can't understand it. You can't see past the struggle that's going on in your life today. My encouragement to you is allow Jesus to get involved in your life. I believe it with all my heart. He's still in the miracle business. He's still in the business of of helping his people and loving his people. Allow Jesus to get involved because miracles happen when Jesus gets involved. Number five, number five, sometimes you just need to jump. Sometimes you just need to jump. Cast the net on the other side of the boat. Jesus tells them, you'll find fish. A large number of fish got into the river. Verse seven, the disciple, the one that Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. Look what Peter does. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tied his outer clothing around them. Why is he fishing in his underwear? I don't know, but it's, it's kind of weird. He tied his clothes back around him because he took them off and he plunged into the sea. He jumped to get to Jesus. Sometimes in our lives, we just need to jump. God's calling us to take risks. God's calling us to jump. And I believe with all of my heart that God's calling some of his followers today to jump. And maybe you're here and you're like, man, I know I need to jump. I want to jump. I really do. I want to be a leader in my class. I want to be a leader on my team. I want to take this step in my business and let everybody know that I'm a Christ follower. But you're scared. You're scared. And what am I going to do? What are they going to say? What's going to happen? Think about this. Peter didn't know if he was going to sink. Peter just jumped. He took a risk. He had to get to Jesus. And so I want to encourage you today. What is God calling you to do? And this is where our faith kicks in, right? All right, God, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out and I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this risk for you. God is calling some of us to go. He's calling some of us to start ministries. He's start, he's start relationships, serve, be involved, do something. God is calling us to jump. I love the, 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 the leadership quote, the secret to success is submission. You want to know what the secret is? You want to know how to, how to be successful? The secret to success is being submissive to God's truth. What risk is God calling me to take today? Number six, number six, when you jump, others will follow. When you jump, others will follow. Look at verse eight. Since they were not far from the land, about a hundred yards away, the other disciples in the boat dragging the net full of fish. The other disciples came. When you jump, others follow. Your choices are always going to affect more than just you. Think about it earlier. Peter was discouraged, so he gets on the boat and they followed him in his discouragement, right? He was down in the dumps. Can you imagine just the emotions on the boat? Man, I stink. No good. Guilty, frustrated, discouraged. But now Peter sees Jesus and the emotions have changed. What? Jesus is there? I want to get to him. I want to see that. And what happens? The disciples follow him again. Why? Because your decisions always affect more than just you. Right? Don't raise your hand. Ask any kid that comes from a divorced home. Right? Any any child that, that has to walk through that, the parents' decisions affects the kids. Right? 
when you jump, others follow. Your church, your family, your job, your, 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 your school students, people want someone to follow. Just like negativity breeds negativity, positivity bring, breeds positivity. Encouragement breeds encouragement. Some of you, you desperately want to see change in, in, in our world, in our, in our city, in, in, every, in your home. You desperately want to see change. Be the change you want to see in your home, in your church, in your world. You be that change. Parents, you want your kids to love God? Then jump in and show them how to love God. Show them, teach them how to, how to fall in love with his word. Get up, read your Bible, worship, go to church, be a part of all that God has. Because when you jump, Others will follow. Number seven. Number seven. Jesus already has what you're searching for. Jesus already has what you're searching for. Look at verse nine. <laughs> and they got out on the land. They saw a char charcoal fire there with fish laying on it. <laughs> they spent all night looking for fish and Jesus already had them on the beach. Jesus already has what you're looking for today, church. Jesus already had it on the grill. You can get all this world has to offer, all the great things. You can be popular and everybody knows your name. But if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. You can be rich and have a great bank account. Your kid can become the professional athlete that you think they are. You can get the promotion. You can have it all. But the thing you're searching for, you're only going to find in Jesus and he already has it for us. The truth about following Jesus is he already has your fish on the grill. He already knows your needs. He knows your wants. He knows your desire. And he says, follow me. Jesus already has what you're searching for. Number eight. Number eight. Sometimes Jesus has to remind us of our first step to get us to our next step. Now, I, I love when the Bible comes alive like this. In verse 9, I want, you to, I want you to think about this for a second. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Think back for those of you who, who know more, more about Peter. The very first time that Jesus saw Peter, the very first time that Jesus called Peter to be a disciple, do you remember what Peter was doing? He was fishing. He was out in a boat fishing. So here he is again. He's out fishing. Jesus kind of does the same thing and he reminds him, man, I remember when Jesus called me. But here's another cool part. The only other time in the Bible that the Bible references a charcoal fire, right? Jesus has, Jesus has a fire going here on the beach. He's got fish there. He's, he, he's there. And just imagine when you, when you go around, you know, we, we do this a lot down here in the low country. We have fire pits, right? We sit around the fire and we talk and we do marshmallows and all that stuff. But when you go in the house, right, what, what do your clothes smell like? <laughs> you, you smell like you've been around the fire, right? So it has this like distinct smell. So, so the only other time in the Bible where a charcoal fire is mentioned is when Peter first denied Jesus. He was standing around a charcoal fire and the, the, they said, hey, weren't, weren't you one of the guys that was with him? Weren't you one of the guys? So imagine when, when Peter gets off of that boat and, and he smells that charcoal fire. Where's his mind going? Man, I remember that smell when I denied him. And sometimes Jesus has to remind us of our first step to get us to our next step. Maybe today you're here and Jesus needs to remind you of the love that you once had for him. 
He needs to remind you for the passion that you had for him, the desire you had to serve him, the desire that you used to have to get to know him. And, and, and Jesus is reminding you today, hey, come follow me. See, here's what we do, though. We allow the past to pull us backwards. Very easily could Peter have, man, I remember that charcoal fire. I remember where I denied Jesus. Man, I'm just not good enough. And he could have walked away. But Peter allowed his past to push him forward. He said, you know what? I did. I did deny him. But listen, Jesus is here now. And I want to I get to his feet. I want to be where he is. I want to follow him. And, and here's the message that Peter needed and that you and I need today. God never gets tired of forgiving us. God never gets tired of forgiving you and I. Sometimes he has to remind us of our first step to get us to our next step. Number nine. Number nine. This is the tough one. Follow me doesn't equal a promise for a perfect path. Follow me doesn't equal a promise for a perfect path. So in verses, in verses 9 through 17, Peter is asked a couple questions here. And Jesus says, hey, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And he asked him three times. So, so Peter's kind of discouraged again. He's like, what, what, what? come on, man. You know I love you. And Peter's answering. He's a little bit you know, frustrated. And then Jesus kind of drops this bomb on him in verse 18. Look what verse 18 says. He says this. Truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you would... You would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hand and someone else will tie you, carry you where you do not want to go. And he said this to indicate what kind of death Peter would glorify God. After saying this, he told him, follow me. He just told Peter, listen, bro, you're going to serve me. And because you serve me, you're going to die. Like, let's go. Sign me up, right? Well, like, what? what? What do you mean? And I think this is where, we, man, we, we don't always do a great job of this. We want to we give the, uh, uh, you know, the, the timeshare approach, right? We'll just tell you what you need to hear to get you in, right? And then we'll, then we'll teach you all the, the fine lines, right? No, 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 no. The truth about following Jesus is doesn't mean you're going to have a perfect path. It doesn't mean because you follow Jesus, everything's going to work out and your kids are never going to be bad. Your, your, your spouse is never going to get mad at you. They're not going to be selfish. That's not what following Jesus means. Following Jesus may be uncomfortable. It, it might be lonely. It might be really difficult for you. But look what he tells him. He says, Peter... And you used to do this and you did this for yourself. But when you get older, the people are going to do it for you. And, and, and this is the kind of death you're going to have. Your death is what's going to bring me glory. And I'm like, am I willing to sign up for that? And at the very end, he says, Peter, after saying this, he told him, follow me. Like, like, how's your relationship with Christ? Is it strong enough that if Jesus was to stand here before you today and he's like, listen, bud, I want you to follow me. But because you follow me, you're going to die. You're going to die for my sake. Are we still signing up for that? Are, are we still like, yeah, OK, I'm in. I'm in. So Jesus tells him this. And I can only, again, imagine the, 
the struggles, the discouragement, the, the like, what is Peter? And, 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 and what I want you to hear today is that when your life is full of struggles, when your path is full of struggles, let me encourage you. This doesn't make them go away, but it helps us to, to process. It helps us to understand focus on who instead of when, where, and why. Focus on who God is instead of why this is happening and when this happened, where should it? Focus on the who. Follow me doesn't equal a promise for a perfect path. Number 10. Number 10. This one's tough as well. If you're looking for a life of fairness, Jesus might not be your guy. If you're looking for a life of fairness, Jesus might not be your guy. So he just told Peter, Peter, you're going to follow me. This is how you're going to die. And look what Peter does. Verse 20. So Peter turned around and he saw the disciple Jesus loved following them. This is John. The one who leaned back against Jesus at supper and asked, Lord, who is the one that's going to betray you? Verse 21. When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? <laughs> right? You just told me that I'm going to die serving you. What about him? What about John? Listen to what Jesus tells him. If I want him to remain until I come, Jesus answered, what is that to you? That's none of your business, Peter. As for you, you follow me. What? What? Wait a minute. You just told me that I'm going to die for you. And now you're saying John gets to live forever. How is this fair? How does this work? That's not fair. Like what I have to suffer for you. I have to do, I have to go through all of this for you, but they don't. Listen, Jesus hasn't offered you and I an explanation. He hasn't promised us an explanation of why all the bad things happen in this world. He doesn't offer us an explanation of why, you know, when, when we begin to compare, why do they get this and they get this and I don't. And I struggle and I serve you, God. I'm striving after you, God, but I don't get it. Why? He doesn't promise us an explanation, but he does promise us that he'll never leave us to go through those things alone. One of, the, one of the biggest questions I get, one of the most reoccurring questions I get when I'm talking to whoever, why do bad things happen to good people? Why does this happen? I'm trying to serve Jesus. Why does that happen? Jesus doesn't promise that he'll give us an explanation, but he promises we don't have to go through those things alone. Surrender. Surrender is the only path to perfect peace. Surrender is the only path to peace. Number 11. Number 11. We're all following the same person, but we're not following the same path. We're all following the same person but we're not following the same path. Look at the very end of verse 22. He says, if I want him to remain until I come, Jesus answered, what is that to you? And then that very last sentence, as for you, you need to follow me. As for you, you need to follow me. You see, every one of us in this room has our own unique relationship with Christ. Some of you, it's strong, it's vibrant, it's, it's present. Some of you, it, uh, there used to be a fire, there used to be this desire, there used to be passion. Some of you, man, you're, you're not there yet. You're not there yet. But let me share this with you. Comparing is a roadblock to following. Comparing your relationship to someone else is a roadblock to following Jesus. Jesus. 
And I believe Jesus was sitting there with Peter and, and, and this, this is kind of the, the way this conversation went. Peter, if no one else follows Jesus, you keep following me. Peter, if everybody else quits, if everybody else stops, if everybody else says it's not good, you follow me. Stop comparing. We, we're serving Jesus, but we're not all serving the same path. I read this quote, says this, you cannot be blessed by the word of God if you don't do what it says. <laughs> you cannot be blessed by the word of God if you don't do what it says. Jesus offers you and I this invitation and he says, follow me, follow me. And the truth about following me is it might be tough and you're gonna fail and there's gonna be times in your life and there's gonna be ups and downs, but I want you to follow me. As I was writing this sermon over the past couple weeks, I was reminded, uh, grew up in Kentucky, and in Kentucky, everybody plays basketball, like even old women play basketball in Kentucky, like everybody plays, right? And so in high school, I went to a very small private high school, and in Kentucky, there's no classes, right? Everybody plays everybody. So the small Christian school with, with 80 students plays the, the, the mega public school with 3,000 students. There's, there's no classes. And, and my senior year, we were really good. We were really good. We had two guys on our team that went and played Division I basketball. Like, we were tough. We were a small Christian school, and we were going up against Goliath, the multiple-time state champions. And like, man, this was our time to win. This was our best team we've had in years. And I remember we were playing in the game and, and, and my, my two teammates, they were killing it. I was having a good game. We get to overtime. Like, dude, we got these dudes. We were all so pumped. Go to double overtime. We lose on a buzzer beater, <laughs> right? My high school career ended right there. And I remember sitting in the locker room and I, I hate losing. I think you guys know that. I hate losing. But I asked my coach this question in because it just, this is what came out. I said, coach, I'm not perfect, but I go to church every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. I'm striving so hard to love Jesus. Why couldn't he just let us win? <laughs> like, and I meant that with everything, right? Like, it's... It, 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 shows some immaturity in, in my Christian walk. I'd only been a Christian for like two years at this point. But I'm like, well, I'm trying so hard. And this was so important to me. Why couldn't he just let us win? Those guys don't even go to church. You know, I started comparing, right? Those guys are jerks. They were cussing me out on the court. At least I'm trying to love Jesus. Why do they get to win this? And my coach, he didn't he didn't have this profound saying or anything, you know, he just hugging me and, hey, man, it's okay. Like, uh. and later on in, in life, like, you know, still to this day, it bothers me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh. Later on in, in life, I just, I had to come to this realization that I'm not following Jesus because he's going to do good things for me. I'm not following Jesus because I'm going to win the big game. I don't, I don't choose to follow Jesus because of what I get out of it. I choose to follow Jesus because of what he did for me on the cross when he died. I choose to follow Jesus. It's not dictated upon what he's going to do for me. I'm not going to stop serving him. I'm not going to stop loving him because I didn't win the game. And it took me, it took me a lot of years to realize that. It took me a lot of struggles 
to go, wait a minute, why, wait, I, I, I'm, I'm a pastor and my marriage is still struggling. <laughs> like, what is going on? I'm supposed, this is supposed to be right. I don't follow Jesus to, to get good things from him. And this is number 12. Number 12. What do I get if I follow, if I decide to follow Jesus and all these, all these tough things, what do I get? The reward is Jesus. The reward is Jesus. It's not winning the game. It's not having the best marriage. It's not having the biggest bank account. The reward is Jesus. The goal isn't that you just believe in Jesus. Listen to me today, church. The goal isn't that just, yeah, Jesus exists. The Bible says that even the demons believe in Jesus, but the goal is that we know Jesus, that we truly follow Jesus. And, and when I say that, I want to simplify it in this way. What I mean by following Jesus, we read God's word, we see how Jesus was, who Jesus was, how he acted, how he talked, how he treated people, and I do those same things. That's what I mean by following Jesus. Not, oh, I go to church and I read my Bible and I pray. Those are great. Those are great. Right? But when I say I choose to follow Jesus, I, I, I look at his life and I emulate the things that he did. I read about him. I study about him. And I don't follow Jesus to get him to love me. Let me make this perfectly clear because I think we get this backwards. I don't follow Jesus so that he will love me more. I follow Jesus because he loves me. Because he cares for me, because God sent him to die on my behalf, on that Christ, knowing that failure was going to be a part of my life. See, the reward for following Jesus is Jesus. And I believe that, that many churches, many Christians, we're not in danger of, of ruining our lives, but we're in danger of wasting our lives. I want to encourage you today, don't waste your life. Again, just uh, uh, being a dad, one of the greatest joys of my life. I've loved it since, since uh, our oldest, Emma, was born. And when, when all three of the girls were really young and real little, we loved playing with bubbles out in the yard. Some of your parents know. And it's just, just super fun. You know, as a, as a parent, you're sitting there and you're blowing the bubbles. You're getting the bubbles. And what do the kids do? They just love jumping and, and going to pop them. And just, just a bubble's cool, right? You just look at it and there's like a rainbow in the middle of it. And you can see through it. And there's little ones. There's big ones. It's, it's just so so awesome, but, but I, I want you to think about it like this. When those kids, when they run out there and they're like, man, that bubble's awesome, and then they grab it, what happens? It's gone. It fades away. It pops. It's, it's over. And I wonder how many of us in our life, in our, in our real life, we're chasing bubbles. Chasing promotion. We're chasing the big house. We're chasing the car. We're, listen to me. I'm not, I'm not down on stuff. We need stuff to live, right? But are we chasing this to a point that, that I'm going I'm to waste my life and I'm not going to follow after Jesus because I'm too busy chasing bubbles? I'm too busy chasing bubbles. And every time I grab one, it pops. And what do I do? I turn around and I look. I need another bubble. I need another bubble. Oh, here it comes. Oh, I grab. I'm in a pop. I need another bubble. And so many of us, we're, we're so busy chasing bubbles. The message today is for you to chase after Jesus. Don't waste your life chasing bubbles. I'm ask the band to come on back up and we're going to close. But, but listen, don't, don't close your ears. Don't turn me off just yet. 
right? Because for, for the last 20 years of my life, I've been a pastor and I've been able to see this. And, and this is what happens. We come to church and, and we hear a message and, we, and God starts stirring in our hearts, right? And, and he's like, man, there's something that I need to do. And there's, there, there's repentance that needs to take place. There's, there's a jump. God's telling me to take this risk and I'm ready to do it. And at church, it's easy, right? Because we're in a huddle with all of our friends and our teammates and we're all Christians and we're all in here together. And at church, I'm listening. But then I go home and what happens? My list comes out. I gotta make lunch. I gotta get ready for school tomorrow. I gotta go to work. I got this big presentation. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And then what happens? Distractions come and they build up. They build up. And all that stuff that we had going on in our hearts and in our minds at church kind of gets pushed to the side. And then before we know it, it's Wednesday and we, something triggers. It's like, oh man, God was really speaking to me at church on Sunday. What, what was that about? What, what was I? Oh, yeah, he was just, man, that, that's, a, that's a tough step. That's a big risk. I don't know if I can do that. And then we realize it's Sunday again and we're back in. <laughs> and, and my heart for you today is this. And the reason why I went with 12 points is because I know that there's something in these 12 points that speaks to your heart and your life and your situation. You see, your, your relationship with God's unique. It's your relationship. It's not your spouse's. It's not your kids. It's not your grandparents. It's not your mother's. It's your unique relationship with Christ. And something that we talked about today, something that God is speaking to your heart about today, my, my question to you is, will you be obedient? Obedience. Obedience is the key. Obedience is the key to, that opens up. Obedience is the key to unlocking the peace, the hope, the joy, the contentment that God wants you and I to have in our relationship with Him. So today I'm talking about following Jesus, the truth about following Jesus, and I hope I've tried really hard to give you all the ingredients, right? I've tried really hard to give you this full disclaimer. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be this grand thing. There's struggles. There's, there's, there's tough times when we're following Jesus. It might be lonely but if you're here today and you've never taken that step, I'm not talking about knowing who he is. I'm saying I've got on my face before God and I started a relationship with Jesus. That's step number one. None of this other stuff matters until you take that step. And just like Jesus did with Peter, he's inviting you today to follow me. He says, I want you to follow me. Don't allow failure, don't allow your past to pull you backwards. Allow it to push you forward. If you don't know Christ, be obedient and take that step today. The simple way is grab one of our team. I'll be here in the front row and just say, hey, I want to know what it means to have a relationship with Christ. That's number one. But maybe you're here today and you're a follower. You consider yourself a follower of Christ. You've got the team jersey on. You're, you're repping it. And maybe today God's speaking to your heart about one of these things. He's, he, he's, you've been discouraged, you've been frustrated, and he's calling you back. Maybe you can look back on your life and you remember a time I used to be passionate. I was a lot more passionate about Jesus. I had, I had a lot of zeal. Uh, man, I was excited about my relationship. I couldn't wait to get up and read and hear from God. I couldn't wait to go serve people. And maybe you've just lost that. Maybe God's calling you back today and he says, hey, come on, follow me. Follow me. Get back, on, get back on track. Follow me. Maybe God's calling you to take a step and you're nervous and you're scared and you don't know the outcome, but God's saying, hey, I need you to jump. Would you take that risk? Would you be obedient today? 
My heart, our heart here at City Hope is that you would be obedient to whatever it is that God's speaking to your heart about. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I believe that all of my heart, this is one of the most important moments of our service. This time for you to respond. As we get in the car and we head out of here and we pull out on the, uh, onto 170, life comes at us fast. We got a million things to do. And this is a moment in time, a moment in history where you can pause and respond to what God's speaking to your heart about today. If you've never repented of your sin and given your heart and life to Jesus, take that step today. If Jesus is speaking to your heart today about becoming a better follower and stepping up and, 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 and one, of the, one of these points, 12 points. Maybe you've been comparing a lot. Maybe you realize today you're chasing bubbles. Would you be obedient? Would you respond to the Lord? Just get alone, you and God, in these next few moments and allow Him to speak life into you. He's calling us today. He's saying, follow me. Follow me. Will you trust Him? Lord Jesus, we're so thankful. So thankful for Your Word. Thankful for opportunities like this where we can just pause our schedules and focus on You. Push us, God. Grow us, encourage us, challenge us, Lord. Change us, oh God. That we may be mighty warriors for you. I pray that you would raise up some men and women, some dads, some moms in this room that would say, even if nobody else does, I'm going to follow Jesus. Even when it's tough, I'm gonna to follow Jesus. Even when I don't see it, I'm gonna follow Jesus. Give us that strength and courage today. Raise up some students in this room, some teenagers that say, I'm gonna lead. I'm gonna be a mighty warrior for the Lord. Lord, use these next few minutes as we sing out, as we worship you, speak into our hearts, help us to respond and be obedient to your word and your calling in Jesus name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to sing out. If you want somebody to talk to, we got some folks in the back. I'll be here in the front. Be, obe be obedient to God today. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you. And the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you and have a wonderful day.